Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Billings. Joining us today is Navin Mani, an undergraduate computer science and finance major. He's currently the president of Origin Northeastern's Deep Tech Venture Hub. Navin often spends his time with others, but when alone, he might be playing piano, reading, watching film, or meditating. Great to have you on the podcast today, Navin, but I'm just curious, how do you meditate? Thanks for having me, Jacob. Generally, it's whenever I have the time, honestly. I know a lot of people like to use the Headspace apps and other types of things, but I'm doing it so long that at this point, it's kind of like, oh, I have five minutes here. I'm just waiting. Might as well. I actually haven't had the time to like kind of sit down and do a 30-minute session in a while. So I've been meaning to do that. But other than that, it's just a couple minutes here and there. I keep it going. Do you literally just sit down and close your eyes for five minutes? How do you actually go about it? I do this type of meditation called mindfulness meditation. And it's basically being aware of some bodily sensation. So you could do hearing, you could do your breathing, you could do how you physically feel, what you're touching. I generally do breathing. So you just sit down, you can close your eyes or not. Closing your eyes is easier. And then you focus on the air leaving your nose and coming out and coming back in. Or you can focus on your diaphragm moving up and down. Basically an object that you can focus on and just keep 100% focus on that. And if your mind wanders, that's the moment where you're kind of like working on your meditation muscle where you become aware that you're not paying attention to that object, whether it's breathing or whatnot. And then you bring your focus back to that. And then doing that over time, over days, months, years, whatnot, uh, you just get better at that. And then you can use that to you help practice being focused and you can apply that to your daily life. Awesome stuff. No, I'm just curious. But even still, this is a career podcast, so I'd probably be asking you career-related questions, even if you know I'm interested in that kind of stuff. <laughs> so my first question for you, Navin, your computer science and finance major, deep tech seems to be the career path you're going on. What are your thoughts about it in general? So yeah, definitely deep tech is a big part of it. Just like emerging technologies, trying to understand where they're happening, what kind of technologies, and how to apply them in different ways. And I get a lot of that exposure, one, from obviously running Origin, because, I mean, that's the whole premise of it. And then two, being in computer science, I just talk and surround myself with a lot of people who are working on cool stuff all the time. So I get a good understanding of what's relevant right now. So in terms of like how I would apply that to my life, I have two options. Probably I'll do both at some point. I want to have technical work in software engineering, data science, data engineering, something in that realm where I hone my skills in and develop them more. And then at a certain point, I'm going to make the pivot to like product management and ideally own my own company at a certain point. Whether I'm doing technical work at the company or not is kind of irrelevant. I think the value I can add in business is from my technical experience in software engineering and whatnot. So I first want to get that up, especially because on a very base level, I really do enjoy to code. So I definitely want to do that for a little bit applied in some area. Machine learning is really hot right now. I don't know if that's what I would do, but that's just an example of one area that I would consider looking in for something, for an application that might be successful in the business world. Interesting. Do you think if you're going to start up a venture in the future, you're going to go out from the perspective of, here's some technology, I'm going to apply it to this market? Or is it going to be a case of, you know, this is a good market, I can make a blue ocean out of this, and I'm going to apply deep tech towards it? I probably will choose an idea based on what I think a good application is and then work backwards to find the right tech from there. Because there's a host of tech that you could use to solve different problems. Even in machine learning, there are hundreds of different algorithms you can use that have different use cases. It would be hard pressed for me to find a market that I think is 
open for disruption and then kind of pick a technology from there. I think it would be doable, certainly, if you have the mind for it. For me, though, I definitely would like what would drive me to keep going and definitely move forward and push on to the obstacles. One is discipline, but two is the, the knowledge that I'm helping solve a problem in application that I, I truly care about. Fair enough. Going off on that point, it's interesting because a lot of technical people they love what they do, they love their craft, but it's about how you apply it to the business setting, right? And so many people have controversial thoughts on the use cases of tech when sometimes it can kind of just overcomplicate things. So trying to find a good fit where it's great technology, but it also makes sense within context. That's also interesting. And that's why it's great to see that you're doing both computer science, but also finance, right? Because you can apply it to entrepreneurial business things and we're friends so i know that you're heavily involved on campus and are definitely a representative in those two spaces i totally agree i think that's super important because technology is great it's fantastic and i love when people build new tech and i love building new tech as well i just think my personal goal is to create significant impact in this world and really cool technology does not do that if the world isn't ready for it or if there's no way to apply it and it's interesting because I am studying design right now in San Francisco, and I'm learning all about product managing, management and how Silicon Valley comes out with new tech. But a lot of it really is about just great design. People think design is about aesthetics, but it's really about understanding people and how to create systems and processes that people can naturally understand. So when it comes to tech and tech ventures and whatnot, there are just so many different avenues that you've got to have in place in order for it to work. I just totally agree with that. That's a great analogy. I'm also very heavily interested by design. So I'm glad you're studying that. Fantastic. I think everybody should study that. So let's say, I don't know what the timeline is here, but in maybe 10, 20 years, essentially whenever you're comfortable, whenever you find that opportunity that you can catch on to, why do you think the startup space is a fit for you? You mentioned discipline. That's obviously something that's very important. But what qualities about yourself do you think other people would find benefit from implementing themselves, if you will? That's a great question. And it's one I've been thinking about a lot recently, honestly. I have this internal debate, and I'm sure many, many people do. It's just, do you take the risk or do you stick with the stability and structure that you currently have? And I think greatness can be accomplished with anybody as long as they're willing to like put themselves out there and take risks that they wouldn't traditionally be willing to take. And I think the current system of kind of you go get your degree and then you work nine to five until you retire, it's good enough for structure and everything. But if you're at a point in your life where you're very comfortable with potentially being able to take a couple no's here and there, then I think it's definitely worth the risk. I don't want to be stifled by my lack of motivation or ambition to think that I could accomplish something. I think deep down, we all have the power to do it. And we only have a short time in this world. So I think it's 1000% worth trying your luck out there. And discipline's a huge part of it. It really is one of the biggest things. You can't go out, start a business and expect yourself to be successful the first, second, maybe even third time. There's a huge aspect of it that your individual ability to face obstacles, fail, and then learn from that. Because that's how you build your intuition. And that's how you build your ability to fight back when the time is right. Because at the end of the day, if you're an artist, if you're a comedian, if you're in software engineering, even if you're in business, the opportunities presented to you are presented to you just by sheer luck. If you're in the right moment at the right time, you can only be prepared to take those opportunities if you're disciplined, if you're constantly working on yourself and bettering yourself so that when that time comes, when that luck hits you, 
you're ready because luck does favor the prepared. And I'm not saying that you can't work hard and get success out of that. I'm saying exactly that that's what working hard is. It's working hard, waiting for the right chance, and then striking goals with it. Because some people won't think that they're capable of kind of reaching that level when they are. I usually say 100%, but I love how you say 1,000%. So I might even (laughs) take that away from you. How do you build discipline? Meditation is a big one. and helps you build focus, but also doing any task on a regular basis helps you with that. I think discipline can be built in a variety of ways. It really is just persevering at the end of the day. It's when you find yourself in an area where you think, oh, I should give up right now because I can't. It's turning around and saying no because I want this to work. And once you start building the discipline, I'm not saying start going to the gym, start meditating, waking up seven in the morning, reading five books a day, doing all that at once. That won't happen. You'll burn out. It's taking one small thing. Say, for example, I want to read 10 pages before I go to bed every day, something super simple. And you just do that. You live your normal life and you implement that one thing. And after two months of that, that is second nature to you, no doubt. And if, if, if it's not second nature to you at that point, come complain at me. I'll be happy to talk to you and help you. But I guarantee at that point, you'll be reading 10 pages for the rest of your life. And then after you get that one habit down, then you build another one. Maybe it's reading 20 pages instead of 10. Maybe it is waking up early and meditating. It really is about giving yourself the time to add these different habits and thinking about what habits you do have that you want to take out. And then once you build that structure around your life, that in it of itself is discipline. Agreed. You know, when we talk about goals, we always think about something in the long term, but it's really about simplifying it down and making it as easy for yourself as possible, right? So if we're talking about meditation, the reason why so many people use Headspace, and for those of you who don't know, Headspace is a meditation app. The reason why so many people use it is because it simplifies everything and it makes it way easier for you, right? One of the biggest problems with meditation is actually sitting down and starting it, right? But if you have an app that can keep you accountable, then it makes it so much easier, right? Simplifying it down and just making these large ideas into something that's incredibly tangible and easy for you to do on a daily basis is super important. I completely agree. Headspace is a phenomenal app. If you don't have it right now, please pull out your phone and download it. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that's interesting about the startup space is so many people say they want to be entrepreneurs, but then they've never done anything. <laughs> so it's cool to hear that you don't have your ego in the way in the sense that you are happy to work at a big company, at a successful company for a while so that you actually have the resources to create something because with entrepreneurs and people who are creating their own thing, make it easy for yourself, right? It's going to be incredibly hard if you're creating a business and that is your only source of income. That's incredibly hard. So even if you want to be an entrepreneur when you leave Northeastern and when you leave college, get a job so that you can actually pay the bills, but also invest into having a side hustle. I love that. I love working smart to work hard. I think that's super important. I was reading an article yesterday, actually, and it basically boiled down to this. A lot of people think you need energy to start a company, but you don't really need that much energy. You need a lot of insight. And you get that from actually working in areas and working within a framework that allows you to figure out, you become an expert at figuring out what the problem you're trying to solve is. And then at a certain point, you can solve that. And there are sacrifices that have to be made while starting a venture. And a lot of things in general. But if you think that the sacrifice is like a nine to five job, I think you're making a silly mistake because you're not giving yourself any coverage or leverage 
from that percent chance that you might fail. And I don't want to say that you will fail because everybody can work hard and be successful. But at the end of the day, 80% of ventures do fail. And I'm not saying that you can't try again. I'm saying that it would be silly to set yourself up for failure and not have anything to prevent you from staying alive and trying again. At the end of the day, if you want to be successful, it might not be your first try. It might not be your second. And if there's something that you're doing, the sacrifice might be that you spend a good three hours working on this thing, like you said, a side hustle. And then that picks up traction. And before you know it, you're successful. And the whole time you're paying your bills and you're living comfortably, hanging out with your friends. And I think it would be silly not to do that. You just have to be able to work a little bit harder. You just have to be able to build that discipline that you can do that. Yeah. One of the things that has helped me the most when it comes to doing all of this startup stuff is just having an expert or a mentor under my wing. With this podcast, I have a producer with one of the startups I'm involved with. They have advisors. Just like you go to a personal trainer to improve your fitness, you need to have some sort of a coach, someone who can keep you accountable. But beyond that, someone who can simplify your decisions into something that has been proven to work, right? They've been through all of the mistakes. So even if it does cost money, in the long term, it's actually saving you time and money. So, you know, when it comes to building my marketing agency, I bought two information courses and I wanted to start a marketing agency for a long time, but it was only once I started implementing what was proven to work that my agency started to scale, that I started to onboard clients, et cetera. You got to have a coach with this stuff, right? Definitely. I 100% think that a coach will help you in this. They will have been through all of these things. A big part of what I do with Origin is that for our programs, when you get funding, you also get mentors. You get industry experts that have worked in your industry and your whatever tech industry you are, and they kind of help you through the process, right? Because they've done this. They've failed over their lifetime, and they've also succeeded. So they know what works, like you said. And even if you can't find yourself a single coach, there's nothing wrong with meeting people who you know or getting out there and talking with people that are experts in some area, and they can shed some insight on it. It's just being able to ask questions when you find somebody that's able to do that, ask insightful questions. I leverage a lot of my network just to get simple questions answered and meet with them about certain things, whether it's leadership, whether it's about a certain tech, whether it's about job, professionalism, anything like that. If I feel like I have a problem or I'm not knowledgeable enough, I definitely reach out to people in my ecosystem and see what they have to offer. And if there's something that I don't know and nobody, I think nobody in my network knows about it, I'll ask other people to introduce me to others or I'll reach out to people on LinkedIn or whatnot. I think one of the best resources we have is the people around us, especially in the startup ecosystem, because everybody is ambitious and everybody in some capacity has their expertise, has their intelligence. It's about getting out there and talking to them. And then you get that information that you may need that could have helped you. 100%. And a lot of people who want to start a startup They'll say, I want to have a business at some point, but I'm just not sure what that is today. Newsflash, you know, if you're not doing it today, it's not going to happen. It's not going to magically come out of nowhere. So one of the best things that you can do is just work underneath an expert or a mentor. That's what I've been doing with this podcast. And I've already learned so much. And because he's putting his money behind this, it's just going to scale way faster than if I tried to start a podcast up myself and make all these sorts of mistakes. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a great podcast host. But the reason why it works is because I have an expert under my wing who can say, you know, hey, Jacob, pronounce more. Hey, Jacob, you should probably fluctuate your pitch a bit more. Um, all these things. It's so important to be around people like that. 
I've just got to say, don't go down to yourself. You're a phenomenal host, Jacob. Don't let the audience or whoever talks to it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, buddy. No, I totally agree with that. I think whatever you are pursuing, a mentor, somebody to provide support for you, it's a great way to learn that thing. Yeah. So like we talk about networking a lot on this show, but one thing that's super easy for you to do is to just say, hey, look, I'm a student. How can I help? I preach a lot, give value in order to receive value. In the beginning stages of your career, honestly, you don't have a lot going through you. So you do need to give value. You need to help other people out. And in return, in the long term, they will help you out if you persevere with it, right? It's just about building that momentum. So Ron, decide, what are you doing to prepare to get experience in this startup world? Right now, for one thing I'm doing, I'm getting a lot of experience with Origin right now because a lot of the work that we're doing is sourcing ventures, providing support for ventures, building systems so that ventures can develop and connecting them with later investors later than the stage we're at. So in that process, I'm already learning so much. I'm learning what needs to be done. I'm learning how to do it, getting advice from mentors around me. And to add on to that, a lot of representing Origin means I represent Origin at different events. I went to the Techstars Boston event. I learned a lot there. There's also pitch competitions going around in various areas, Sky Ventures, what have you. They all have events open to the public. They have events that you can go and just watch and learn. There's also big data events, like events in CS specifically. And there are these experts coming here, speaking to a public place just so that you can learn. And I think it is in everybody's benefit to go take advantage of those, especially in Boston. We have so many universities, MIT, Harvard, Northeastern, BU, what have you. They're all throwing these incredible events. All you have to do is go sit there and listen. And if you can listen well, take notes if you have to, you're preparing a little more. And then outside of that, I think it's super important to get actual experience because that's another way to build your intuition, build your insight. So I kind of worked on two projects. I did some customer discovery, market research. I took some of them through Idea, the Venture Accelerator. I went through Husky Startup Challenge. All of these things, if they were not helping me in creating a venture that will be my baby, will be my main source of income in 10, 20 years, if not that, they were at least projects I learned so much from. I learned what was necessary, where I needed to work harder on. You have the opportunity of working at a big company. You also have the opportunity of working at a scaling company, a company that somebody's already built, that they've gone through this process and they may be going through a similar process right now. For example, I took co-op at this company and within the year, this year that I'm going to join them in July to December, they're adding 40 employees. They received a ton of funding. So now they're just scaling bigger. They might even make a new office. That type of experience is preparing me for when I have to do that myself. So it's kind of like put yourself in situations where you foresee yourself being and then learn from that now so you can provide for yourself later. What's the company that you're doing the couple? It's a pharmaceutical company called Decibel Therapeutics. They make drugs for people with hearing loss. And their startup, they just have a lot of good people behind it. They're doing things properly. And so they've gotten a lot of funding and they can scale now. Yeah, I mean, the medical space is definitely something that can use innovation and improvement. And we've talked about this outside of the podcast, right? That if you want to learn more about that space, just message Danny Kim on Instagram and tell him that Jacob sent your way. <laughs> but there really is a lot of opportunity out there. And it's interesting because obviously you're heavily involved with Origin. But what's great with that is you're in an environment with like-minded individuals. You talked about that previously, but also clubs is like the easiest form of networking. I totally agree. We're lucky at Northeastern to have such an incredible entrepreneurship ecosystem with 11 entrepreneurial organizations and we're all working together. But 
even outside of that, the clubs that are not a part of these big conglomerates, wherever you are in the world, you learn from so many people. The fact that these students are in clubs with you, they're volunteering their time. That means they're, you know, they're ambitious and surrounding yourself with other ambitious people is one way to build your discipline and build your motivation and definitely give yourself resources that you may need to use later on. Mm-hmm. I talked with Sydney McCoy and one of our mutual favorite books is something called The One Thing. And one of the things it talks about is this idea of discipline and how if you simplify things down into really, really easy tasks and just do that in the long term, it's no longer discipline. It no longer has this weight to it of getting up at 5.30 every day kind of thing. So when it comes to networking, right, one thing that's really easy to do is just say, you know, hey, if I'm interested in deep tech, I will go once a week to an origin event. Or I'll meet up with Navin once a week to talk about deep tech. Or I'll create a mastermind group of people that are my close friends, you know, but just taking that initiative and really, really simplifying it down. I definitely agree with that. So another question for you, how do you feel about graduating, entering the working world? What excites you about that and what's scary? I could not be more excited to do that. I think it's awesome for me to like get into that world. I think co-op has shown me that. I'm currently in classes. I'm starting co-op in July, like I said. But I honestly really am at the point where I'm not learning too much from the classes. I've kind of gained all I need to be a successful individual in the world. Most of what I'll learn will be from that job experience. And not only that, I feel like it's more draining to have your energy spent on four different things during a semester, four different subjects of classes, having homework assignments in each one, having to prepare for exams. This is all energy spent where not that much reward is being given. And I might be speaking for myself here, but my early days in college, I learned so much. I learned CF, all this stuff. It was really harrowing, but I was able to get so much reward from that where I just noticed that reward is decreasing. The biggest part for me is definitely the energy. Because if I'm doing something, working on a project, I think about it. I wake up to thoughts about it. I dream about it. I'm doing nothing except thinking about this thing. And the fact when I'm in class, I have four different things going on in my brain. It's a bit draining. So when the time comes where it's my nine to five or 10 to five or eight to five or eight to seven or whatever it is, (laughs) whatever my job is, I'm going to be spending all of my energy into that. And then everything else in my life, I know I will also enjoy that. It's not like I have to come back from work and then start doing homework or preparing for an exam. God, please help me if that ever happens again. It's like you have one big project. Exactly. And it's going with me for years. And I love that. I couldn't agree more. I'm pretty excited to graduate as well and not have these, you know, tests and whatnot to worry about. But my final question for you is a lot of people talk about people as a big resource that they look to for guidance. What are some other resources? Like if you want to learn more about deep tech, if you want to get into the startup world, what advice do you have for people our age? I mean, other than leveraging your network, like we mentioned already, this is going to sound obvious, but the internet, you can search absolutely anything on the internet. Yeah. Especially, I don't go on Reddit so much anymore, but I use it as like an encyclopedia. So if I ever have anything I need to learn, I just Google search whatever it is, like workout rotation, Reddit. And then I get hundreds of people who have expertise in this. And it's kind of like networking, except it's a whole anonymous group of people ready to help you. And that's phenomenal. Definitely podcasts in my free time. So something like this, or listening to the Y Combinator podcast, or how I built this with Guy Raz, or even just an entertaining podcast. They're very educational, and they help you build your intuition. 
those are two big things. And then one last thing I would say that a lot of people may not focus on so much, but is super important is myself. I rely on myself a lot. I rely on my own intuition. And I'm not saying I'm good at everything, not close to that at all. I'm saying that I'm probably better than I expect though, in that at the end of the day, whatever journey I'm embarking on, it's my journey and my journey alone. And there's going to be friends and everything with me, of course. I'm not going to forget about that. But I've built enough trust in myself that I feel like I can rely on that at the worst case scenario when I don't have Reddit, when I don't have anybody around me. And that's super important, especially in the startup world, when you may be facing failure a lot. It's your ability to support yourself because you can and we all can. Yeah, belief is what helps with the persistence and perseverance of being in the startup world. So I cannot agree more. Awesome, Navin. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. It's great to you know, have a platform where I can speak my mind, but also teach other people, you know, our own age who are looking for a place to start or find the prospect of a career overwhelming. So again, thank you for being on. Thank you, Jacob. It's been phenomenal. It's been a fantastic time. I couldn't agree more. I love one, learning from people like you, and then also being able to give back and share my experience, whatever little experience I have for those who want to listen. And I can't wait to do another one. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it, buddy. Do you have a final piece of advice for our listeners? Persevere. At the end of the day, that's what I always tell myself. Work hard and persevere and the opportunities will present themselves to you. And those are the times where you celebrate. Amen to that. thousand percent. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Have a good one.